Welcome to the REI Foundation Podcast, where we cover all the steps and strategies to make your real estate dreams a reality. Now your hosts, Jason and Peely. Welcome everybody to the REI Foundation Podcast with Jason and Peely. Uh, thank you so much for checking back in. And again, remember that if you like what you hear, please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review. And you can also follow us and uh, find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash the REI Foundation Podcast. Today, we are super excited to have a great guest with us today. Amir Dukic uh, has a really incredible thing going on with Airbnb. He's currently in Charlotte with 25 units, and we're very excited to get him on the show. So, Amir, welcome. Thank you so much. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate? Hey, Jason, thank you for having me. Yeah, so uh, it's, I think it's a little bit unconventional in a sense where um, it wasn't my goal by any means. Uh, my wife and I purchased a home uh, in Charlotte, our second home in Charlotte, uh, but still, well, still our primary residence, uh, about three and a half years ago. Uh, and that home had a detached garage with a room and bathroom above it. Now, I have two little boys, uh, so um, I couldn't make it a man cave, which is really what I wanted to do with it. My wife would kill me if I did that. Uh, so being an entrepreneur, I started thinking, oh, how can I make some, some passive income off, off, this, off this space above, above my garage? Now, I thought about getting a traditional long-term tenant in there, but it, didn't have a, it doesn't have a full kitchen, so that wasn't going to work out. Uh, so decided to actually list it on Airbnb. I had my dad come in and uh, build some custom-made furniture out of pallet wood because we felt it fit in with the style of our neighborhood. Um, and we listed it on Airbnb just to see how well it would do. Uh, this, at this point, Airbnb was still pretty early on, especially here in Charlotte, and the response was shocking, honestly. Uh, we were able to rent this uh, single room, 300 square foot space above our garage uh, for basically $100 a night um, with 60 to 70% occupancy uh, and had it cover a mortgage most of the months, which was great. Um, so at that point, I was still at a, actually in a startup here in Charlotte. Uh, and once that startup was acquired last year, I guess now 2016, in May of 2016, by NBC Sports, I started thinking, okay, what's next for me? And seeing the results and success I've had at this little small space above my garage, I just figured, oh, let's see how far I can take this and how far I can scale out. So that's, that's really my story. Ah, it's incredible. So... The, I guess uh, the quick question is, uh, are you currently just the one over the garage? It has no kitchen. And uh, so the, it, how, do you, how do you basically market it? Just a single room? Single room. Uh, well, it's a private residence because it de deta it's a detached dwelling. They have their own private entrance. So it's a private detached dwelling uh, is how we market it. You know, we provide basic kitchen supplies. We have a microwave, a coffee maker, uh, and there's a large fridge available to the guests downstairs in, in, in the garage itself. Uh, so they have access to that. Uh, there's no sink uh, except for the bathroom sink, but that's not really formal in that sense. And there's no real cooking uh, supplies. Uh, but it's it's really worked out well. It's it's a it's a very fair comparison to a traditional hotel space, yeah, uh, hotel great. room, just in a, in, in a more um, you know home like setting. Now, how did you learn about doing the Airbnb space? Was it just did you have a mentor, or did you just take action? No, I just took action. Honestly, uh, I travel quite a bit with my wife and kids uh, overseas. Uh, and the worst place for us to stay is a hotel uh, because once, you, once it's time to put the kids down, 
we have to go down as well because they're still young enough where we can't get them a separate room. So that just was never convenient. So when we travel overseas, we always stay at a short-term rental uh, just to allow our kids to have their own space where we can put them down at night so my wife and I can enjoy uh, adult time once, we, once, once the kids are in bed. So really, that I started using myself uh, initially uh, and was always intrigued by it. So I tried to take advantage of it with our primary residence initially. Got it. And, and now as you've grown to 25 units, how have you ramped up your business? What, what are some things that you've implemented? So honestly, uh, once uh, we decided to really start scaling this out last year, we started partnering with property owners, current property owners that had uh, secondary homes or uh, had uh, investment homes. Uh, that were looking for traditional long-term tenants. We partnered with them basically saying, we'll come in there, we'll make this actually a short-term rental unit, we'll set it up, we'll furnish the place, we'll do all the communication with guests, uh, and we think, we believe, uh, we can get you a higher return than you would get from a traditional long-term tenant in the space. Wow, took a wow. While. so let me just cut you off right there. Let me get this straight. Are you, you are actually partnering with uh, homeowners who have a secondary home so you're not actually not buying the home, but you're coming in there and partnering with them and, and making the arbitrage between the Airbnb and what they would get for a traditional rental. Is that what I'm hearing? Correct. Uh, at least that's how we started doing it initially, just to be able to scale out and really test our model outside of just our home. Wow. Uh, we found some property owners that we worked with. Some of them, we uh, basically made a handshake deal where we, uh, where we told them, uh, we'll pay you actually a premium on top of what you're looking for, say a 10% premium. If you're looking to rent your space for 1200 bucks, we'll pay you 1320 as long as you're okay with us uh, making a short-term rental. That was one way. The other way was actually uh, the ones that understood the upside was you charge them a management fee. Uh, basically, we would, uh, we would host it, uh, we would manage the unit, and uh, we would charge them a management fee to do so. Those were initially how we scaled up. But now we're in the actual property acquisition stage as well, where we purchase it or actually are exploring the creation of a, a real estate fund with the sole purpose of the portfolio to be uh, short-term rental homes. I love this. I've heard one other person doing this and you're the first I've actually talked to in person. So what a concept. Why are you jumping now from this over to the acquisition phase of the property? It's just uh, based on talking to investors and a lot of the feedbacks that, feedback that we've heard. We've always wanted to be in that space, but we were still somewhat early on doing it. We were trying to explore our ability to scale the business. Uh, you know, up until last year, my wife and I were still cleaning. Uh, when we had six units, we were still, well, last year, it's, it's beginning of 2018. I got to get used to this. <laughs> the end of 2016, when we had roughly five units, my wife and I were still cleaning all the toilets ourselves just so we can understand the processes because it's considerably different than traditional property management where we also have to manage the turnover of the units themselves. You have to make sure that after every guest leaves uh, that the unit is clean to an impeccable condition and to ensure that the next guest has a clean space to come, come to. Uh, and there's a lot of processes involved in finding the right team and, you know, optimizing uh, that. So we spent a lot of time doing that uh, initially that that's kind of where our focus was. Uh, so we could continue adding more properties. As we accomplish that, we are now concentrating on going, um, acquiring properties and participating in the long-term upside of owning property as well and managing. That's great. I'm absolutely intrigued by this uh, first scenario here. So this is a few questions. Walk me through, how do you find these properties with maybe that, that homeowners have a secondary property and how does that first conversation go 
to, to get them comfortable with you actually taking the property, but not actually being the person staying there. It, it, especially initially, it's, um, it, it took a lot of talking, a lot of, you know, the sales cycle was significant, basically, best way to put it. Uh, we, had to familiarize, we had to really start talking to other entrepreneurs and property investors who were more forward thinking in that sense, who traveled and experienced a short term rental before. Um, so initially, we got a lot of feedback of no, not interested, uh, you know, go away. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sure most of you listeners do in, in, when they try to find properties. But, but you, it just takes that one or two to uh, really be intrigued. Uh, we start working with them and then they start telling their friends. Um, and that, you know, it's kind of a snowball effect in a sense. Um, we have also been uh, fortunate in being able to establish a very good reputation uh, within the property owners we work with, but also on the, uh, the uh, Airbnb, on Airbnb itself. We're close to having a thousand reviews um, between our properties, easily average five stars across, across them. So that's always an easy thing to, to show to to potential partners to say that, that there's a real operational operation here. It's run professionally. Here's the, you know, almost thousand reviews that will tell you that this is, you know, a, a first class type setup. Uh, that's absolutely incredible. And so do you, when you make these leases with people, do you do these month to month with them or are these year leases? How, do, how does it work? Cause in some scenario, if you're doing a year lease and, and you're booking Airbnb out at a certain time, do you, how do you account for that? So we do, uh, right now, uh, initially we started with a minimum of six month leases. Uh, now we're at a minimum of a one, one year lease, uh, just because uh, there's an in initial cost for us to re recoup, which is the, uh, the furniture cost to set up the property. Um, but we're also very selective in the properties that we work with. We, we don't just choose any property. They have to be properties in, in areas that we believe travelers would want to stay in. So whether it's in, in here in Charlotte, whether that's in downtown or one of the higher end neighborhoods around downtown, or if it's in some of the more millennial friendly neighborhoods that have a lot, lots of restaurants and attractions, uh, really we, we built an uh, internal 200 point algorithm to really find the type of property and to identify the type of property we believe will do well as a short term rental. And we really only proceed with those properties. What's an impact or, or something you're facing that's a struggle with your business right now? It's uh, right now. It's really uh, as we've grown. It's the um, to be frank, the cleaning and the turnover side of the business. Uh, it's a very non-traditional setup from a turnover side. It's not a typical house cleaning uh, that's done that you can hire companies like Mary Maids to do. This is a more deeper level cleaning, uh, and it requires much more attention to detail. Um, and being that our homes are mostly geographically dispersed, even within Charlotte, uh, that makes it a little bit more difficult to be able to run a, uh, a, a, a optimized operation, best way to put it. We're working on it. We have a CTO that's part of our company that's building software solutions to help us schedule our cleaners um, and to make sure to put measures in place to ensure the quality of service that they need to provide. Uh, but that's still something that we're working through right now. That's great. So CTO, Chief Technology Officer, is that Correct. right? Correct. Got it. Are you, are you doing your own platform for hosting or just mainly looking through Airbnb for that service? So Airbnb, the way we look, we're looking at Airbnb, it's a distribution channel for us. It's our primary distribution channel. Um, we're also on VRBO, HomeAway, Flat for Day, some more international booking yeah. channels as well. 
Our CTO is in the final stages of building our own booking site, Rabu.com. You'll be able to book directly through us, and they'll offer guests uh, certain advantages, most of the lower pricing that comes through us as opposed to going through one of the booking channels. Uh, so we're trying to, really, we're trying to replicate the hotel model in the short-term rental world. What I mean by that is we want to create that a, a consistency uh, that guests can expect from staying at our Rabu property um, and using short-term short -term rental sites like Airbnb, VRBO as our distribution channel in the same way the rates, for example, uses Priceline or Hotels.com or Expedia.com. That's great. That's incredible. So being so focused in this niche, how do you, how do you steer off the shiny lights from jumping into another aspect of real estate or are you? Uh, we're just based on some of the feedback we've gotten, we're now exploring going, creating this fund uh, to, to manage uh, properties solely for short-term rentals. So that's the only other thing that we're exploring. But the opportunity that we see is, is significant right now uh, in the short-term rental world, especially as we're seeing that application by, of especially the millennial generation of using short-term rentals as opposed to hotels. Uh, we are rather laser focused on on creating that experience and that brand and that expectation for, for our guests. Awesome. And your wife and yourself are both involved in a business. How do you split up your duties? So my wife is a, uh, a nurse by trade. Uh, she's still doing uh, the nursing thing. Um, so we, uh, we also have two little boys, as I mentioned. So she, she does a lot of our concierge work where she communicates with guests and makes sure that they have the experiences. She does the little, you know, next step, uh, you know, provides the cookies, the snacks, the little, uh, the little awesome. bosses for our guests so that they feel like, you know, walk up in the cities that there are in. Uh, that's, and she's also the main designer at this point of all our units. We try to make each one of our homes authentic to even the neighborhood that they're in. So something in a more millennial friendly, artsy neighborhood is going to have more of that vibe to it. Something in a more, you know, family-friendly uh, neighborhood will have a more family-friendly setup. So we try to really make each home authentic, yet still present a certain level of consistent amenities uh, so our guests know that they're going to have a worry-free and enjoyable stay at our properties. So she kind of handles that part of the business. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. And it's amazing that they can do so many hats, right? My wife, myself. She's my hero, for sure. Uh, so... If you're looking today at your business, where, where do you see you, you have this fund, which is a huge undertaking that you're pushing forward to take at? Where do you see your business going over the next five years? So it's really, uh, we, like I mentioned, uh, we're at 25 properties in Charlotte now. We're adding six more in this month. So we're going to be in the 30s. Uh, we think Charlotte can be capped out around 60. Uh, so we're exploring other markets to move into, uh, initially along the southeast. Uh, we do have uh, two other properties outside of Charlotte that we started for uh, exploratory purposes. We have a property in Savannah, Georgia, uh, just because we wanted to see what a more vacation market was like as opposed sure. to Charlotte, which is more of a transient uh, business-based market. Are uh, you making determination what's a good market versus what's a not good market? So this, this is really uh, Savannah and Baltimore, which is the other market, were really our first steps into exploring that and identifying what factors we, want, we need to take into consideration. Um, and that's really why Savannah was one that we chose uh, is because it's a completely different market from Charlotte. It's more tourist-based. Uh, so we wanted to see how our model would work there, uh, especially with so many other more traditional property management companies in place there. 
What's something in your Airbnbs that you guys do that makes you stand out? I know you, you talked about designing the element too. Is there some treat you leave for your guests or some special thing that your signature recipe is for your yeah so we, we definitely have treats for guests we actually have partnerships with local service providers so uh I'm, and I'm, I'm an entrepreneur by heart so i'm uh, i'm close with the entrepreneurial community here um so all our homes are dog friendly we allow guests to bring their dogs which we believe is a you know key part of the family uh we don't charge anything additional for that and that's been really well received which is one way that we we stand out. But as part of that, we've actually partnered with a local company here to provide our guests uh, on-demand dog walking services. So imagine you, you're coming to Charlotte with, with your wife and your kids, and I'm not sure if you have a dog, but let's say you have a dog, Rex, with you. you you're allowed to bring Rex with, with you to, to Charlotte, which number one is great, and you don't have to pay extra. It takes, you know, saves you money because you don't have to board your pet. You don't have to board Rex. But then you and the family are out exploring the city all day. You could schedule the Waggle Company, for example, to come, which is our uh, partner, to come walk your dog for you uh, while you're out and about and not have to worry about that, you know, cutting off the middle of your activities to come back, walk the dog, and then go back out. Uh, we do the same thing with some laundry uh, dry cleaning companies uh, where they will come do your dry cleaning, which is really aimed at our business uh, professionals that stay at our units. Uh, we've partnered with co-working spaces uh, to allow our guests to go work from a co-working space for free. Um, things of that nature is really, we're trying to really provide our guests with a local experience. Um, we work with some breweries where we provide our guests free beers. If they go to that brewery discounts at, at other restaurants and stores. So it's a, uh, it's more of a welcome to Charlotte. Here's what it's like to be a local type experience as opposed to just here's a place to stay. That's incredible. And when you create these experiences, do you have people coming back because you've offered that experiences? You, you get a lot of exactly. We have we have lots of repeat customers, repeat guests that stay that only stay at our properties. It's it's kind of interesting. They'll stay at our property, they'll love it, and then they'll stay somewhere else. I'm like, oh man, I need to go back. So they'll 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 tell us, oh, I, I came back to Charlotte, wanted to see what it's like somewhere else. Tried it. It wasn't nearly the experience that you guys provided us. We won't ever stay anywhere else again. We get that quite often. Is there another, if you couldn't be an Airbnb connoisseur, real estate investor, is there, is there something else as an entrepreneur that you'd want to do? So I'm actually have, uh, my, my last company, I was actually part of a soccer technology startup here in town uh, in Charlotte called Kick that was acquired by NBC Sports. Uh, so I was doing that. I was very much a sports lover uh, and was the actually VP of operations of that company when it was acquired by NBC Sports in May of 2016. So I'm probably doing something else in the entrepreneurial world. I um, actually have a civil engineering degree and I graduated in 2008, which was the worst time to graduate, as you guys know, in, in the housing with the housing market and the construction market. Um, I ended up doing that for a few years, but I quickly realized that that traditional path was not right for me. So um, being an entrepreneur uh, would have been, it's, it's something that I enjoy doing and I would have found something else, another passion to explore uh, within the entrepreneurial world. I love that. I love that. It almost makes us unemployable, right? At this point. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's a good thing in my mind. What's your end game with real estate? So really, um, right now our focus is to scale um, Rebu as much as possible into, into different markets. Um, and it's really to go international as well. We believe what we're doing here has uh, opportunity internationally. We've identified markets uh, like Spain as ones that would be really 
uh, efficient in doing what we're doing and pr provide the uh, infrastructure and support that we need to do there. So really, we kind of joke around, my wife and I do that end goal is to set up operations and make it as efficient as possible and to be able to travel the world with our kids and stay at our properties throughout the world uh, while still managing the business. Is it uh, in terms of different regulations for different countries? Have you looked into that? Is there any anything that would make one country versus the next one that you would stay away from versus one that you would go after? Certainly, yeah. And that's honestly true even for some cities here in, in the States. Um, the regulations around the short-term rental uh, world and market are still being established. There's some cities like New York City, uh, San Francisco that have, stopped, have created regulations against doing what we're doing. And we respect that. We don't want to step on anyone's toes there. Our, our focus is more on markets that are actually inviting companies like our own uh, and inviting short-term rentals to come to, to them because it creates another revenue provider for them uh, in the real estate tax uh, that they're able to charge guests uh, and generate through us. Uh, so really, th those are some of the factors that we look in, into when deciding where to go. Uh, and that includes different countries as well. But that's more of the long-term plan when it comes to going international. Our focus right now is initially the Southeast. If I'm a newbie investor, someone just starting out, or maybe I, I've just never done Airbnb, what's an actionable step I could take today if I want to start my Airbnb or, or, or say short-term rental dynasty or, or empire? I would, the first thing I would recommend is um, actually going and staying at a short-term rental yourself and seeing how it, how it, how it compares to staying in a hotel space. Uh, I think it's always good to understand uh, the market that you're going to go into. Um, and then the second thing I would do is uh, I would get my initial property uh, listed uh, myself uh, and see and understand the amount of work involved in, in managing it. It's, it's quite different from typical property management. I, I honestly consider it more experience management because uh, we need to, we, we are communicating with our tenants, our guests on a consistent basis. Uh, we have to clean the units on a consistent basis, have to make sure that the maintenance is always uh, exemplary because we can't afford any negative reviews because that poorly affects on us and poorly affects our bottom line. So it's, it's a little bit more high pressure in that sense. Um, and if someone is interested, we are honestly open to talking to, uh, to investors, to anyone interested in getting into the rental space, uh, happy to provide any kind of support there, even if it's not a formal partnership, happy to talk people through the, through it. So um, I'd encourage anyone to reach out to us. That's great. Yeah, we'll get your contact details. We'll also put that in the show notes. And that's a huge, a huge ask and say, so well, thank you for that. What's, yeah. what's your big why for doing all this? So uh, honestly, my, uh, I have an interesting background. I was, uh, I was born in Bosnia, ex-Yugoslavia at that point in the uh, and was forced to flee the country in the uh, early 90s due to the civil war that broke out. Um, lived in Germany for six years before moving to the States. Um, and when we moved to the States, we, we came here without knowing anything, knowing anyone, um, technically, uh, but we were sponsored by our local church uh, that provided us with housing, uh, fully furnished housing, and that had a significant impact on us because it took a a large worry off our plates. Oh, we have a place to stay. It feels like home. It's not this little square room that we feel uncomfortable in. This feels like home. Uh, and that's really something that I've appreciated. Uh, and I, what we're doing, we, we want to give back to 
the guest that use our properties. We want them to come into a space that they're not familiar with, but give them that at home feeling in, in an environment that is furnished and set up for them to enjoy themselves and to actually enjoy that time in the space and not feel like a sardine in a hotel room, basically, uh, with limited ability to do anything outside of sleep. That's amazing. It's amazing. Do you have some words you live by? Uh, really, it's uh, treat others how you want to be treated. Uh, we, our business is built around that. You know, there's reasons people can't fulfill their commitments and can't show up, can't stay at our units. Um, we we understand that and we give them uh, refunds, which is not something that a lot of other hosts do. Uh, if we mess up and something wasn't set up properly, we make sure we take care of our guests. We give them uh, refunds uh, or discounts on future stays. Really, the whole mantra is put yourself in their situation, how would you want to be treated? So it's really treat others how you want to be treated. It's simple, but you know, uh, effective. That's amazing. And not including your own, of course, but where has been the best Airbnb you've stayed in? We uh, stayed, my wife and I, my boys traveled to uh, Tuscany, Italy a, a couple of years ago. Um, and we stayed on a farm uh, in the in the Tuscany hillside, and that was just amazing to see. It was a little farmhouse there, uh, a little side uh, side cottage. Uh, it was really cool to see the farm in action that morning. That we woke up, they they made uh, you know fresh bread for us that morning and milk from from the cows on the farm. It was just it was just amazing. It really felt like you are part of the the culture in Tuscany and part of that little world. Uh, and that's really what we want to replicate in our properties as well. Yeah, I think that's what's really made Airbnb so amazing is that you get that feeling just like you're creating the atmosphere and creating the experience for people. So yeah. it's cool. really, really the goal is to make strangers feel like they're at home in a, in a location that they're not that used to, that they don't know. That's great. Well, Amir, we really appreciate you coming on the show today. If listeners are looking to reach out to you, talk to you a little bit, or, or maybe um, I'm sure we have some people that would love to come to Charlotte. Where, where can people find you? What can tell us where your Airbnb, uh, your company website? Yeah, so our company website is uh, rabu.com, R-A-B-B-U.com. Um, best way to reach me, honestly, is, is email. Um, I'm not the greatest when it comes to answering phone calls, but um, I keep my uh, email inbox religiously at zero. So best way to reach me is via email and that's easy. It's Amir, E-M-I-R at rabu.com, R-A-B-B-U.com. Incredible. Amir, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate this has been an amazing topic. You, it's, it's a hard thing to do these podcasts because you hear awesome things that you're doing today. It makes me want to run out and try that. And I, I get in trouble constantly by POE for all the shiny lights. I do. So, but thank you for giving me some one more thing to add to the list there. Really awesome show. And uh, this is Jason and Peely with the REI Foundation podcast. We really appreciate you checking out the show. And again, if you like what you hear, go to iTunes, give us a five-star rating and review. And you can also find us on YouTube at the REI Foundation podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning into the REI Foundation podcast. Check back next time for more awesome tips and strategies to launch your new you in real estate.